excited. Amen. Why don't you open up your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 28. Doubtful, I'll let you get ready to start recording. I want to welcome our guests. If you're seeing us and you have a lag, we still need to work that out with Dr. Miller. Our practice, uh, what we were looking at online when we were seeing what you were seeing, it looked like there was a lag over here. And so we just recommend you to go to our website, metropraise.org, M-E-T-R-O-P-R-A-I-S-E dot org, and hit media, and you will see our live webcasts that we're doing simultaneously right now. And you'll be able to make it full screen because I know right now in webinar you're only able to see a part screen, and it comes in a lot better. So if you're having any issues and you're viewing, just go to the webcast page at metropraise.org and click on media. How are you guys doing? You guys excited? Amen. So many great things to talk about, so many wonderful words that the Lord has put in my heart for this day. And to see you guys here, it's like a dream come true. And so this is a promise fulfilled in Nancy and our life. And we know that if God kept his word to us, to give us a bunch of radicals, world changers, generation shakers, and history makers, then we know that God is going to keep his word to you. Amen? So we know that there's a lot of challenges in going to school. Some of you may have to resign your job. You may have to change your hours. Some of you will have to stay up late and study and get up early. You'll have to do so much ministry. That ministry will be coming out of your ears. You'll just think ministry. You won't go to the grocery store ever the same again. When you're in the grocery store, you're going to think you're on a practicum and you're going to preach. Amen? You're going to preach to the people in the, you know, the cereal aisle. And you're just going to be radical. And so that's what SUM is designed to do. SUM is designed to give you a radical experience in Christianity and in ministry. Now, as I've said in our church, it's applying here. It's applicable to SUM. What people call a fever is just normal temperature in the body of Christ. Amen? And the only reason why they call it a fever is because they're the frozen chosen. And if you ever see people take temperature, a lot of times they put their hand on their head and they put their hand on the other person's head, try to get a, you know, a middle ground to try to understand what's normal. And when the frozen chosen church puts their hand on their frozen head and puts their hand on us, they sense the fire and they think we're running a fever. But this is just the normal temperature. Amen? It's normal for Christians to evangelize. It's normal to cast out demons and see sick people healed. And especially it's normal for elders and deacons and pastors and teachers and evangelists, apostles and prophets and all of these fivefold ministry to do powerful works in Jesus' name. Amen? So it's normal to see God move by His mighty hand. Now in Matthew chapter 28, verse 16, we're going to... Do to talk about today's message, which is teaching all that Jesus has taught. This is the importance of Bible college. Some of you who were here last semester, you said, I'm learning things here that I never learned when I was in your services, Pastor Joe, when I was in Sunday church or in youth group. Well, there's a reason to that. You've already had three hours of class and that's only one of your three classes today. Now, as much as I would like to preach three hours every week, that's just probably not going to be very practical. Amen? 
And there are things that you're dealing with here that the other uh, congregations on Sunday don't really have to deal with. If I started going into Greek and Hebrew and putting up maps like Dr. Miller does and all of those things, most people would check out on a Sunday morning. Why? Because they're coming there either to get saved or just learn how to be saved. But you guys have already got past the elementaries. The elementary school teachings of living holy, don't have sex outside of marriage. Amen? Some congregations are still dealing with that. So in Bible college, we can move on to the deeper things. Paul said, yes, I give milk to those who need it. But he says there is a mature word, and I can give that mature word. And that's what Bible college is. And so as you go through these Mondays, it will be power-packed with nine hours of biblical teaching. And then if you have the Tuesday or Thursday, that's another three hours. So you're talking 12 hours of biblical teaching every single week. There's a reason for that. And here it is. This is the reason. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, and teaching them to obey Everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Everybody say, teaching everything that Jesus taught. Come on, say it again. Teaching everything that Jesus taught. You see, if you want to teach everything that Jesus taught, you must be taught everything that Jesus taught. Amen? So if you're going to know it, Leelani, to go down the road and to preach it, you must have it taught to you. And there's no real good teaching strategy that doesn't involve a test. Amen? And there's no good learning strategy that doesn't involve studying. So all a college is, all this is, is teaching you everything that Jesus taught. And there will be tests to see if you know what Jesus taught. And there will be long hours of studying so that you can recall and remember what Jesus taught. Amen? Some of the things we take for granted, just reading the Bible, you're going to have to be taught. For example, last year, maps of the Bible. Who knows where Galilee is? Who knows how to go from Galilee to Nazareth? Well, obviously Jesus knew that. The people knew that. But probably you don't know that until you're taught that. How about the Law and the Prophets? All Jesus did when He preached was refer to the Law and the Prophets. If I asked you right now, where is Nahum found in your Bible? Could you find it? Without going to the table of contents. If I asked you who Hosea was, who Joel was. If I asked you to teach me the... 300 plus laws of the Old Testament. Could you recall them? Half of them. A quarter of them. And these are the things that Jesus always referred to. So if you're going to make disciples, which we know is the call of every single Christian, if you're going to do that, the foundation principle after baptism is to teach the people that accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior everything that Jesus taught. Amen? Let me give you some of these principles that Jesus taught. Let's just look in the book of Matthew to make it simple this morning. Go to Matthew. 
chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. Talking about Jesus being baptized. Look at Matthew 3.13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to hinder him, though deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. So right here, you see that John is saying, I shouldn't baptize Jesus. Jesus should baptize me. And we know that He eventually did baptize us in the Holy Ghost and fire on Pentecost. Amen? But right here, Jesus gives the reference to why John should baptize Him is so that all righteousness can be fulfilled. Well, what did He mean by that? What He meant by that is that Jesus was coming in a pattern. Jesus wasn't just showing up on the scene saying, hey, I'm Jesus, let me start a new covenant, and this new covenant is just whatever I make up as I go along and think it to be. No, Jesus was coming to fulfill a pattern that people had seen in the Old Testament. From the very beginning, when Adam and Eve sinned, they were naked. They hid themselves and clothed themselves with bushes and you know vines, leaves. But what did the Father clothe them with? The blood of, uh, the, the, the height of an animal. There we see sacrifice. What do we see in Cain and Abel's life? Bringing offerings to God. What do we see when God makes a covenant with Noah? He makes a sacrifice. What do we see in Abraham? With Abraham, a sacrifice. What do we see with Moses and the law? A sacrifice. So right here, you see that Jesus came to fulfill all righteousness that was foretold in the law. And then if you go on to the prophets, the prophets make mention of a Messiah. Isaiah having many mentions of the Messiah. The Ancient of Days vision by Daniel and the Son of Man coming to him. But keep going. That was just a little extra point. Amen? Look what Jesus taught. As soon as Jesus was baptized, He went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was open. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on Him. And a voice from heaven said, This is My Son whom I love. With Him I am well pleased. By Jesus' life of being baptized and fulfilling all righteousness, number one, He taught you can't do ministry without the Holy Ghost. Come on! He's not only teaching in His words, but He's teaching in His his example. He has come to fulfill the righteousness of the law and the prophets. And the first thing He demonstrates to us is that you can't do one thing unless the Holy Ghost comes. Praise God. And a lot of people want to say, well, Jesus being the God-man already had the Holy Ghost. Well, of course, He never separated from the Father nor the Spirit, but the Spirit had not come upon His flesh, which was born of a woman and like ours, except without sin. So He needed in His flesh to fulfill righteousness, the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. So let me ask you as disciples today, do you want to be taught and follow the example of Jesus and be filled with the Holy Ghost? Do you want the Holy Ghost to come upon you and give you power for your hour of need and for ministry? Come on. It's time to get filled again and again and again with the Holy Ghost. 
We know that Paul refers to the Holy Ghost as drinking of wine. He says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. And we know in the Greek that that filling means a continual action to be filled again and again and again with the Holy Ghost. Let's see if we see that pattern in the book of Acts with the disciples. Because they want to do all that Jesus did. They want to teach all that Jesus did. We'll go to the day of Pentecost. Here we go. Jesus says in Acts chapter 1, don't leave until the Helper comes, to the, the promise of the Father comes. Here He comes. Chapter 2, fire, tongues of fire, being filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. Well, now let's see if they teach it. Go on down to chapter 2, verse 38. Verse 37, the crowd asked them, Peter, what must we do to be saved? Peter answers back, He hears them, repent and be baptized. Was Jesus baptized? Did Jesus teach us to be baptized in Matthew 28? So He's teaching it. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off and for all whom the Lord our God will call. Bam! There it is. Tight but it's right. There's no confusion. We're not here to relate to the baptism of John only and call ourselves Baptists because they relate to the baptism of John. We are here to relate to the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. That's why we're called Pentecostals because we relate to the second work of the Holy Ghost after salvation, which is the infilling of the Holy Ghost overflowing with the evidence of the speaking in other tongues. Amen. And if anybody thinks it ought not to be done, we need to testify as Paul did. I speak in tongues more than all of you. Praise God. Speak in tongues and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Jesus knew that there could not be ministry until He was filled with the Holy Ghost. And we know that we cannot do ministry unless we're filled with the Holy Ghost. That's the pattern. And that's what Peter taught the first disciples of the disciples. Peter being one of the eleven that were remaining after Jesus had left, was told to teach everything that Jesus, his Master, had taught. Here he fulfills that his first practical application of Jesus' teaching is repent, be baptized, and get filled with the Holy Ghost. Let's go back to Matthew and see more of this pattern of Jesus that we're supposed to do. Because you are going to learn these things as you are here. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. We'll back up to verse 12. When Jesus had heard that John had been put in prison, he returned to Galilee, leaving Nazareth. He went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulon and Naphtali, to fulfill that was said through the prophet Isaiah. Wow, we see it again. Jesus is fulfilling things. Guess what we're supposed to do? Fulfill what Jesus asked us to do. So if Jesus did the work and now said, tell everybody what I did, we're supposed to fulfill His uh, command by doing those things. Because He's fulfilling the Old Testament. 
Hallelujah. And this is what he says to fulfill what the prophet Isaiah said. Land of Zebulon, the land of Naphtali, the way to the sea along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness has seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Verse 17, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Woo! Come on, somebody. If you want to teach what Jesus taught, you better have a message on repentance. You better have an understanding of eschatology. Some of you are like, Esca what? Eschatology is the study of the end times because he says repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. We're telling people that the kingdom of God is going to come upon this earth. Armageddon will wipe out the enemies of God and there will forever be a kingdom of God on this earth. So repent and get ready. Jesus taught us that one of the most important messages, if not the most important message, is the message of repentance. The message of preparing people for God's coming kingdom. And when you accept Christ in repentance, the kingdom comes to you in your heart in part. And it starts here inwardly, but then one day it will be manifested outwardly. Not only will Jesus be in you, but He will be in front of you on this earth, walking the ground again. The river of the Holy Spirit will not only be a spiritual river, but a literal river flowing through New Jerusalem. You see, you are called to be preachers and teachers of the gospel. And one of our most consistent messages, especially with the lost, needs to be repent. Get right with God. We need to teach them the same things that Jesus taught. I don't understand today why we hear a lot of TV preachers talking about being millionaires. Jesus didn't teach that. Jesus didn't brag about the donkey he rode on, the clothes he wore. He wore... Jesus didn't talk about building himself a ministry. Jesus actually whittled down the large crowds that he had. It looked like Jesus was trying to get a smaller group, not a bigger group. So teach what Jesus taught. Ministry is not here for your personal gain. Ministry here is for the glory of God. And repentance is a tough message to preach at times. Because at times people will want to hear something else. They'll want to hear how Jesus prepared a mansion for them. A place in heaven. People will want to hear how that they can be forgiven like the adulterous woman no matter what they have done. And all of those messages are fine. And forgiveness is real. And heaven is real. But listen to me. Before all those things, they have got to understand that they are a sinner in need of a Savior. And unless they repent, they cannot be forgiven. And that's what Jesus taught. So the first thing that we learn by Jesus' actions to do what He did is be filled with the Holy Ghost. Number two is to preach a message of repentance. And not only to preach it, but to live it. This next nine months and for the rest of your life, temptation will not take a vacation. And as I said before, temptation is not temptation unless it's tempting. So you will not get a free ride from temptation these next nine months. Or when you get in ministry, having a diploma doesn't make the devil take temptation out of your life. Or your own flesh will not take a day off. You will still face temptation. And if you should fall, you can be forgiven, but you have to repent. You have to. If you don't live in repentance as a minister, the seeds of sin will grow in your heart like a weed in the parable of the sower, and it will choke out all of your fruit. 
Moving on to our last point. 18 of Matthew 4. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee. Preparing their nets, Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat with their father and followed him. Make disciples like Jesus made disciples. It's not an option. Ministry is not just about cute programs. We'll come see our plays. Listen to our choir. Listen to me. I'm such a wonderful speaker. It's not about our books, our programs, our plays, or all of those things. It is about impacting people's lives for Jesus Christ with the teachings of Jesus. So the very fact Jesus is telling His disciples to go make disciples and to teach them everything He taught them, it's going to always be about discipleship. It continues, disciples make disciples that make disciples who make disciples that make disciples. Come on. We reach one to teach one, to reach one, to teach one, to reach one, to teach one. That's how the gospel spreads. It spread all throughout the Roman Empire. And within 300 years of Christianity, it brought the strongest empire known to man down on its knees in repentance to Jesus Christ. It has changed communist governments. It is right now the strongest force of political power in China. A hundred million Christians already. Ten percent of China baptized in the Holy Ghost, preaching God's Word, bringing it to its knees. China will change by the glory of God. African nations being changed by the glory of God. Why? Because you make disciples. Jesus taught you to do that. So everything you learn here at SUM should revolve around those three things. Being filled with the Holy Ghost. Understanding God more and His moving. How we moved in times past. That's church history. Understand how He's moving now. That's theology. Understanding who He is. Then understanding the message of repentance, how to preach, how to, how to lead a congregation closer to God, how to understand God's ways, how to know that man has fallen short from those ways but need to get back in touch with those ways. Teaching men and knowing of yourself the path of God and all the things that God requires. And then lastly, taking everything you've learned here and applying it directly into your practicums and into people's lives where you're changing the lives of others because you're giving them these teachings. That's why you're here, to change the world for Jesus Christ. It's not to earn just a degree, though that's fine. It's not just to live in dorms and to have fun with fellow students, though that's wonderful. And it's not SUM Bridal College, though if you find one, you found a good thing. Amen, men. But that's not why you're here. You're here to do these things, to follow Jesus. Let's stand to our feet. Praise God. Teach what Jesus taught. There's no question what would Jesus do. We know what He did. Do it in Jesus' name. Amen? What did He do? Scratching our head. What, did, did, what would Jesus do? Would He see a rated R movie? We know that He cast out demons. You know, come on. We know He wouldn't compromise. 
Would Jesus preach to the Muslim? I don't know. Jesus called Pharisees and Sadducees sons of the devil. I don't have to ask. I know what He did. I know that when He was alive, that the Hindu gods were in full effect in India, that the Greek gods were full effect in Rome, and He said anyone that comes to the sheep pen any other way is a thief and a robber. That includes Buddha, Krishna, and all the rest of them. Don't be ashamed of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul said. Amen? This is going to be probably the most challenging year of your life. But it will have the greatest reward. You can't have a testimony without a test. And there's going to be a lot of them. Just hold on. Amen? And just say, I'm being taught all that Jesus taught so that I can go out and get more of the Holy Ghost, be filled more, preach more, and disciple more, so that that can happen in my life. Amen? Leilani, would you come in closing and let's pray. Father God, we thank You for today. We pray for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Ghost.